We're starting a new series this morning, and in this series, we finished up a series, The Great Disconnect, and I wanted us to all get together, talk about what it means to be connected. This, uh, this next couple months, we are going to be talking about um, just the fact of preparing for harvest. What I mean by that is in the month of October, I'm going to ask you, each one of you, to bring someone to church in the month of October so that they could be saved. We're going after souls in October. It's a harvest month, but we're harvesting souls. Amen? Uh, and um, I believe that there is a great harvest. There's been a great disconnect. We're talking about a great disconnect. But now we're talking about souls coming into the kingdom for such a time as this. And I want to ask you a question uh, this morning. How many of you know somebody who, who they don't know the Lord? How many of you know somebody... Um, somebody just like, if I raise my hand, I'm going to be like the person next to me, whatever. Um, but how many of you know more than one person who, need, who, do, who don't know the Lord? Okay, here's what I'm asking each person. To do. I'm not asking each family. I'm asking each person to think about four people that you can bring to church in the month of October. You don't have to wait till October, but bring someone to church in October. We got a lineup that I think is going to be great. Uh, we got James Robinson, who's going to come and speak for us in, in, uh, in, in October. Um, we're going to have uh, David Harris Jr., who's coming to speak uh, to us. I'm going to be sharing. And the whole month, we're going to give testimonies. And all you got to do is bring people to church. We believe that people are going to get saved and going to come out of darkness and into the kingdom. Kingdom of light. That's what we're we're doing. And then we're gonna baptize them. I'm saying we're gonna we're gonna baptize them. We're gonna we're gonna dunk them. And we're going. We're believing that God is going to do something amazing. Isn't it exciting to be able to see people come? When was the last time? Don't think about this. I get excited. I'm sorry. I get. I get to calm down. I get excited about winning people to Jesus. I'm telling you. When's the last? There's something about a new believer when they come in. You just like, man, you get hungry. Remember, there's nothing when a new believer comes in. There's nothing that they can't do. You're like, well, you pray for. Yeah, I'll pray. I mean, anything. You guys remember when you were like that? How many of you come on? Remember when you were like that? When you were hungry for the things, you, I'm telling you what, you didn't know uh, anything about anything. You just like, they told you that there was a God who saves, a God who delivers, and you gave your life to Christ, and you never were the same again. I remember when that happened to me. And I'm telling you what, there's something about when you win someone to the Lord that is exhilarating. It's, it's amazing. Uh, one of my great friends told me that there are two things that will never pass away, the word of God and the souls of men. Is that true? Never pass away. We're going to be souls of men and the word of God. And so, therefore, we know the word of God remains forever, but the souls of men is what we're going after. Amen? Going after souls. How many of you will go after them with me? How many of you ready to see evangelism? I am an evangelist at heart. I love people. I enjoy people. I'm talking to people all the time. I mean, I'm all the time. Just I find something to talk about just because I enjoy talking to people. Um, can't go to the grocery store. When that's done, we don't grocery shop anymore. Um, we don't go. I mean, we'll go to Shields together because I need her to see the gun I want. But it, the truth is, is that we, but we don't because I'm always talking to somebody, always sharing or talking to somebody. That's just who I, God created me to be. You guys wouldn't believe this if I told you that I was the shyest person in our family. I was the most, I would tell you, I'd hide behind my mom and she'd be like, Chris. And so they would teach me. My dad would be like, son, when you, when you shake a man's hand, you look him in the eye. You give a firm grip. You know, he would teach me that. Um, never shake a man's hand sitting down. Or he would say things like that. And they would teach me how to engage with people. And before long, I just found myself talking to people. And I remember the, the first time I won someone to the Lord, I was in the third grade. His name was Rico. And I remember he, we got on the bus 
to go home, and he got on the bus with me, and I was telling him, I said, Rico, I said, I want to tell you, I love Jesus. And he, I said, do you love Jesus? He said, well, I go to church. And I said, no, I'm talking about I love Jesus. He goes, I told you I go to church. And I go, no, I'm serious. I have a relationship with Jesus. And I began to tell him about Jesus, and he was so engulfed in that story that he missed his bus stop at home and came to my, the bus stop at my house. And I go, well, it's time for me to go. He goes, well, I, I missed my bus stop because I was listening to you. And I was just like, well, why don't you come on in? You know, and I, I invited him in my home and me and my mom led him to the Lord. And it was, in a, I'm telling you, I was in the third grade. I was trying to tell everybody about Jesus. I wanted everybody to know about Jesus. And I'm telling you what, it hadn't stopped. I'm still telling people about Jesus to this day because that's what God has called us to. You are in the ministry of reconciliation. Amen? Some of you are just like, what do you mean by that? That means you're reconciling people to God. Amen? Amen. And so I'm praying today, what I'm wanting to do before this is all over today, I'm wanting to give you a burden. And somebody's like, we're well, not supposed to give a burden. Well, here's what the Bible says about Christ's burden. They're easy and they're light. And so the truth is, I'm giving, I want to give you the burden of Christ where you see people the way he does and that you'll call, people will come to know Jesus and they'll be saved and come out of darkness and into the kingdom of his dear son. Amen? Are you with me with that? Can I pray for you for that even right now before we get into the message? Oh, Lord, right now in the name of Jesus, I thank you for all that you have been doing with us. And I'm praying, Lord, that you would help us, Lord, today, this day, to really know the, the purpose in which you've called us to. And that is, Lord, to bring people out of the darkness into the light, like you've done for us, God. We thank you that you're doing that by the power of a miracle. You're helping us to be bold. The Bible said the, the righteous is as bold as a lion. And I pray, Lord, that you would help us to see people saved and set free and delivered in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Now, let me tell you the reason why I'm, I, I believe that God said for us to go this way. And so the title of my message today is Preparing for Harvest. But as I was preparing the message, the Lord said, you don't need to prepare for harvest. The harvest is right now. Do you believe that? Because he said, we're going to read here in just a minute, we're going to pray and prepare for harvest. There's a harvest that's going on right now in the kingdom of God. And the reason why I arrived at this point is because I was thinking about, some of you have probably done this, I was sitting watching the news and watching things that are going on, and I'm telling you what, it disturbed me. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Be honest, you know you've been watching it somewhat. I know I told you to turn it off, but I turn it on every once in a while because I don't want to just be ignorant of stuff that's going on. But I turned it on one day and just really got depressed. I started thinking about all the stuff that's going on at the border. I started thinking about all the stuff going on in our government. I started thinking about, let me just be honest with you, I, I didn't just get depressed. I got downright mad. Anybody just get mad about stuff that was going on in Afghanistan and stuff that's going on? I, I mean, let me just say this. I was, I was genuinely just going, okay, God, how can I pray? By the time it was over, I was like, oh, warfare. I'm mad about stuff that's going on in the government. I was like, seriously, I'll do respect. I love uh, uh, the Bible says for us to pray for our government. I'm praying for you, uh, President Biden. I'm praying for you, Kamala Harris. But I'm going to say it from the platform. You guys messed this deal up in Afghanistan. Y'all absolutely botched that deal. And I want you to be held accountable. I think you should be held accountable about things that are going on. And here's the other thing that I'm talking about. The fact that we're trying to figure out mask or no mask, trying to figure out if we're going to social distance, distance, they're trying to find out if they're going to live or die for Christ over in Afghanistan. There's a problem going on in the church where we got to rise up and take our rightful place in the kingdom of God. And listen, if nobody else is going to say it, I'm going to say it. We need to rise up and take our rightful place in the kingdom of God. Amen? 
I'm believing that that's what God is saying. Governments, I really believe, just as Pastor Terry said last week, they've got it backwards. How are you going to come after my AR-15 when you left a bunch of them over there? I'm here. Let me, I'm just going to stop, stop saying that. You leave all them guns over there, but come after mine. I'm just saying that's just backwards. And anyway, I'm going to stop on that. You don't have to clap. I know heaven is clapping for me. Heaven is saying amen. But just flat out got depressed. And I tell you, when you look around, you can get depressed thinking about the things that are going on around us. And I said this to the Lord as I was talking to him. I was looking at TV, watching the things that are going on. And this is what I said. I go, are you seeing this? Are you watching the same channel that I'm watching? Because I know you don't watch CNN, but you probably there's some other channels that you watch. But are you seeing this? Are you seeing what's going on? I'm like, are you? I mean, look at all the things that are going on. And he answered me with a question that I asked him. And he said, are you seeing this? Are you seeing what's going on? Do you know what's going on? I go, I do. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm watching all this stuff. There's news and different things. I, I'm just saying, what in the world? And so the Lord began to speak to me. And he said, I want you and our church to get my perspective on really what's going on. I, I had a, we had a vision meeting the other night with some people at uh, dinner here at the church. And uh, you guys remember the, and so they, they heard this, but you, some of you haven't. You guys remember the viewfinders that used to have you click on? You guys remember those? You click on them and there'd be a different picture. You click on it, be another picture and you had to hold it up to the light. And uh, I, I used that the other night and the Lord spoke to me about that. And he says, really, that was called a view master. He goes, but when you look at me and see what I want you to see, you'll really get the master's view the master's view on what's going on. God, what are you saying? God, what are you doing? What are you, what are you thinking? What are your thoughts? How are you seeing all the things that are going on so that I can get the master's view and I can act, act accordingly? The Bible says this, that Jesus only did what he saw the father do. He only said what he heard the father say. Amen? Amen. So that's, that's what I want us to get today. So if you have your Bibles, turn to John chapter 4. And, and then two places, and then we're also going to look at Matthew chapter, chapter 9. We're going to, I believe that God is going to give us into the kingdom an abundance of souls. We're going to start at verse 27. John 4, 27 says, and at this point, and I'm going to, we're breaking into this, this story because he just got through talking to the woman at the well. The woman at the well who he, who he just revealed himself. She's like, give me a drink of water. He's like, I'm, yeah, I am the living water. She's like, no, I want a drink of water. He's like, you got nothing to draw with. That dialogue goes on. And all of a sudden he reveals to the woman at the well that I am he. I, she goes, sir, give me this living water. She's like, it is me who is the living water. And so this is where we break into the story. And at this point, the disciples came and they marveled that he talked with the woman. Yet no one said, who do you seek or why? are you talking with her? Verse 28, the woman then left her water pot and then went on her way into the city and said to the men, come see a man who told me all the things that I ever did. Could this be the Christ? Then they went out of the city and came to him. Now, I want you to think about this scenario. I read that really fast, but put yourself in the story. The disciples are coming back from buying, trying to get food, they look up and they go, Jesus, they go, look at Jesus talking to, her. you know, they look at Jesus talking to a woman. And so it's like, what, what is going on? So then nobody asked him where she, why he was talking with her, what do you seek? And then all of a sudden, this is what they see. They see Jesus talking with a the woman. They, they don't say anything. All they see is this. She drops her water pots and she goes into, and runs into the city to tell people about Jesus. 
So what had to happen for her to lose her water pots, the thing that she came into the well to do? What caused her to drop everything and go and tell everybody about Jesus? It's because she's had an encounter with the living water herself. You can't give away what you don't have. If you've had an encounter with Jesus, you know that you've had an encounter with Jesus, you want everybody to know about the encounter that you just had. Amen? You want everybody to know about that encounter. She had just had an encounter, and this is how, what she does. She said, come see a man who told me all the things that I ever did. And then could this be the Christ? Then they went out to the city and came to him. Verse 31. In the meantime, his disciples urged him, saying, Master, Rabbi, eat. But he said to them, I have food to eat which you know not of, that you don't know about. Um, and that's, that's so important because you talk about measuring success. How do you measure success? Doing the will of the Father is measuring success. Doing he goes, and this is how he said that. Um, Therefore, the disciples said to one another, has anyone brought him something to eat? And Jesus said to them, my food is to do the will of him who sent me and to finish his work. Do you, don't, do you not say that there's still four months and then comes the harvest? Behold, I say to you, lift up your eyes. Would you say that with me? Lift up your eyes. You got to lift them up. And he looked up your eyes and look, behold, the fields, they are already white for harvest. They're already ready for harvest. And he who reaps receives wages and gathers fruit for eternal life, that both he who sows and he who reaps may rejoice together. For in this, the saying is true. One sows and another reaps. I sent you to reap for that which you have not labored. Others have labored and you have entered into their labor. And verse 39, and many of the Samaritans of that city believed in him because of the word of the woman who testified. Oh, that's a good word, isn't it? A testimony. How many of you know you got a testimony? How many of you got a, tes you got a testimony? Oh, some of y'all don't know what I'm about to talk about right now, but I'm going to bring you into the, into the service that I grew up in, in the, in the, in the Kojic Baptist Church, in the, in, the, in the church where we would have testifying time. Amen. When you have testifying time and Sister Bridget and Sister Jenkins would get up and they would say, I have to testify about all that the Lord has done for me. And they would give the same testimony that they gave the week before, that they gave the week before, that they gave the week before. Sister Jenkins always talked about, she goes, I was lost in sin and Jesus brought me in. Woo! And everybody get excited about that. And then all of a sudden, the, the, all, everybody else would get up and give the same testimony. I'm like, what in the world? And my daddy said to me one time, he goes, son. He goes, that was a true change for that woman. And therefore, God did something in her life that nobody else could do. That's why she tells the same testimony over and over again. She goes, don't you dare. He goes, don't you dare be upset with her that she gives that testimony. And now all of a sudden, people would get up and begin to testify. I'm telling you what, I was weak and I didn't have anything to eat. And somebody knocked on the door and brought me groceries. It'd be something like that all the time. And they would cry. They would get, they would, they would, I'd be crying. And then all of a sudden, they'll be testifying. Somebody over here, get up and start dancing. Somebody over here would run across the pew and be like, what in the world is going on in this church? It was testifying time. <laughs> we don't need you to run in the church, but you need to run out of here and tell somebody about Jesus so that they can come out of darkness and into his marvelous light. They need to know of the message of peace. They need to know the message of joy that they don't have to live in the same place that they've been. You don't have to be depressed. You don't have to live in defeat because I know a God who is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that I ask or think according to the power of God that works in him and my God saves and he 
bring you up out of the miry pit, pick you up out of the pit and put your feet on a rock so that you can stand the test of time. That's my God. Everybody in here has a testimony. If you've come out of darkness into light, you've got a testimony to tell somebody about what Christ has done for you. And I love when, I, when I'm talking with Pastor Terry about this text. He goes, I guarantee you, Chris. He goes, I'm telling you what, I wasn't there. But I guarantee you that he was walking by a field. And he looked over and saw, don't tell me that there's four months to the harvest. And he, Terry goes, they were thinking, he ain't a farmer because it is four months before the harvest. He goes, don't tell me that. I'm telling you, lift up your eyes. Look with your spiritual eyes. There is the harvest. It is ripe right now. You can't, I'm telling you, there's a bunch of low-hanging fruit that is happening right now. Do you believe that? You want to know why? Because everybody's afraid. Everybody's scared. Everybody's got things going on with, this, with COVID. Do I, do I get the vaccine? Do I not? What do I do? What's going on in the world? There's a lot of ton of fear going on. And the Bible says, fear not, little flock. It is, it is the master, the father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. Amen? Amen? And he's still giving the kingdom out. He's still giving the kingdom out. Don't tell me it's for four months until the harvest. I want to tell you right now, lift up your eyes. You tell me to say this with me, lift up your eyes. The only reason why you need to lift up your eyes is because you got, you're looking down or you're looking, you got your navel gazing, right? I told, I said this in a Wednesday night class. I told him, I said, man, I don't even have a navel. When I got shot, that dude shot it off. It's like just, it just, it looks like that. And so my navel isn't fun to look at, but the truth is, is if you're looking at your circumstance and your problems and your issues, you can't lift up your eyes and see what God wants you to see. Look up so that you can see what God wants you to see. It's not just what, but who he wants you to see. Like I said, there's people, there's people that need Jesus. Amen? People that need him. And we walk by him all the time. And I'm not trying to make you feel bad, but the truth is I'm trying to make you feel bad. No, I'm just kidding. Um, I want you to have a burden for the lost like Jesus did. You carry the answer on the inside of you. It's one of my favorite subjects to talk about because I believe that it is time for people to get saved. I believe it's time for people to come out of that darkness. Oh, I'm looking going, oh, you don't have to stay in that place. You don't have to live in that place. Come to the Father. Come to Jesus so that you can come to know him and have a relationship with him. Do you understand what I'm saying? Oh, man, I'm praying that people driving by, that they're all, of, all of a sudden, they're on a Sunday morning, that they're putting a signal on to come in here because they need, to, not only to come in here, I'm telling you to go out and be the church to the unchurched. Amen? Amen? Preach the gospel to every creature, every person you come in contact, preach the gospel, proclaim the gospel, the good news of the kingdom, that you don't have to stay in that place, but there's, there's, there's somebody who loves you and gave his life and died for you so that you can come to know him. Amen? Amen. That's the burden I want you to get. I want you to be, I want you in your sleep. Wake up, I need a witness. I, I hope that you <laughs> wake up in a cold sweat, that you tell somebody about Jesus because it's time for, I mean, I, I was looking again. I would go back to a story. I was looking, I was depressed. And the Lord's like, you know what? I voted. Um, I'm praying for our government. I'm praying for our elected officials. I'm praying uh, for those that, that are about to be elected. I'm praying for, um, but at the same time, while I'm doing that, I can look at the border situation and I can be like, we got all these people coming in here. And it's just how you say it. I can be like, man, we got all these people in here coming in here. I can be like, we got all these people coming in here. It's just how you say it, right? And you, I can be like, mm, 
And we do. We do want you to come and knock on the front door. And we're like, man, all these people moving here, you know, from all the, everybody's coming to Texas. Why is everybody coming here to Texas? So I can be like, <laughs> everybody's coming to Texas. I'm praying that everybody come in the sojourn so they can get saved. I'm praying everybody come into the kingdom. So it's how you see it. It's your perspective that you have. Yes, I believe that we have a border problem, but at the same time, I'm praying that they cross the border and into the kingdom of God is what I'm asking for. You cross that line, you're going you're gonna to have to do the time in heaven. That's what I'm praying for. You're going to come across that line. You're going to like, I'm, hey, hey, we're drawing a line in the sand. Everybody who, who comes across that line, we want you to come into the kingdom. Don't don't come don't come across that line. I'm gonna you gonna you what? Don't you come across you step across that line. I'm gonna witness to you. You know that I'm praying that you have a heart to witness to people and see them saved. Amen. Amen. Get a heart. Get excited about souls coming into the kingdom for such a time as this, guys. I'm telling you what God is one of. I want to fill up heaven and empty hell. I want hell. I want it to be hard to go to hell in this zip code right here. People are like, yeah, have you been to that zip code? It's hard to go to hell over there. Sojourn. They don't I mean like it's hard. They because you know why I'm saying this, and I'm, I'm I'm telling you, I need to calm down. No, I don't. I'm not gonna calm down. You know why I'm saying this? Because the church is not preaching the message of the kingdom of God, and we need to proclaim the message of the kingdom of God. Hell is still hot. God still saves, and he is still on the throne. That message has not changed. It's not going to change. It's still, I'm telling you, when I was younger, it was different. I was, I was, I came down to the altar because I was like, Lord, I just don't want to go to hell. I don't want to go to hell. Please, Lord, please, 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 please. I mean, wait, in the middle of the night, I came in, my dad came in one night. He said, he goes, what's your problem? I go, I go, dad, I don't want to go to hell. He goes, I never forget this. He goes, he goes, didn't you go down to, tonight to get saved? I go, I've gone down every night. Did you not see me? I've gone down every night. He goes, did you give your life to the Lord? I go, I did. And I did back when mom did it. He goes, I'm telling you, son, you don't need to go down anymore. You're saved. I go, how do you know? How do you know? I remember having a conversation with him <laughs> and he was laughing. My dad, he, he thought it was funny and he was laughing because he's, because he had an assurance. He goes, son, it's going to be all right. And that's what I'm telling you what we have assurance. It's a blessed assurance. Jesus is mine. Oh, what a of glory. That's right. That's right. He's the heir of salvation. Sing it. That's right. Born washed in. You know why? Because you have a story. This is my story. This is my song. Praising my Savior all the day long. I'm telling you, God is wanting you to step out of, some of you need to step out of your comfort zone. Some of you are like, I've never asked anybody to, to church or asked anybody to come to be saved in my whole life. This is your time. He's like, well, I've never asked anybody. All you got to do is ask them to come to church. We will, you know, as my daddy would say, he'd be like, he goes, you catch them, I'll clean them. I go, I got you, dad. I got you. I'd catch them, he'd clean them. He's like, you don't worry about that. You just catch them. You put a hook in the jaw and I'll, I'll clean them and then we'll eat. And we get to get the grease hot. We're going to eat. The truth is, is that you don't even, this time, I do want you to witness. I do want you to go after people and get them saved. But at the same time, bring them to church. We will have a message for them. It'll be a good message and we're going to see people saved. We're going to see people here. We're going to see people set free, see people delivered. We need some good news with all this bad news that is going on. We need the good news of Jesus Christ, and that's, that's what he's about. And here's what I'm praying that happens to you. And I want, we're going to read out of Matthew 9, 35. 
Man, I'm hoping you're getting this. I want you to get this in your spirit. I want you to get it in your mind. I want you to get this in your life. I want you to get this all around you, that it is about people coming into the kingdom. Matthew chapter 9, verse 35. Then Jesus went about all the cities and villages, teaching in their synagogues, preaching the gospel of the kingdom, and healing every sickness and every disease among the people. And I want to stop there for a second. Do you know that you have the healer on the inside of you? You have the one who heals on the inside. You pray for people to be healed. Heal them. Pray for them. It's God who heals, but pray for them. Go out. Get outside your comfort zone. I mean, I can't tell you how many times before I start praying for people, I'd be like, I want to pray for that person, but I don't know. They may tell me no. They may not. Hey, now I don't even care if they tell me no. Be like, you sure? I know somebody who can heal you. Well, I've gone to the doctor. No, I know the great physician. I know the one who was able to heal. I know the great. I'm telling you, there's so much opportunity, and, and you don't have to be like you don't have to be like me. But you have, just just be who God created you to be. Do what He's called you to do, and see the people the way He's called you to see them. With your eyes, lift up your eyes. People need Jesus. And then if they they like, I mean, <laughs> Kevin and I were in, in a, a, young, a, a town. Uh, at Brookshire's. How many know this small town's got still got the little Brookshire's? Uh, and so we were at Brookshire's, and uh, he and I were walking out, and I heard a lady talking to her daughter on the phone, talking to her daughter on the phone that their son was sick. And she goes, she goes, I don't know what to tell you to do. You just, I mean, he's running fever. And I was walking out. I go, ma'am, I said, are you talking to your daughter on the phone? She goes, yes. And so I said, can I pray for that son that's on the phone? And she goes, honey, there's a man here. <laughs> There's a man here. Didn't we, didn't we, Kevin? Right then and there. We was like, she goes, there's a man here who's a preacher. Where are you from? I go, Dallas. She goes, they're from Dallas, and they want to pray for our, pray for our grandson. She goes, oh, by all means, pray. I go, let me, let me have a phone. I took the woman's phone out of hand, and I just began to pray for her. Because you know why? I believe God can heal through waves, airwaves, and I believe he can do all things, and we can do all things through Christ who strengthens us. That's why it's important for you to just look for opportunities and look for the low-hanging fruit that is there. I told you guys about the, my, my, my grandmother had a, a pear tree in her backyard. And man, when I get out of school, I would dun, 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 dun. I mean, I would drop my book bags. The church fire music would come on and I would run. And I, grandma would open the door. I'd run past her because I was going to that pear tree. And she had a big old butane tank. And I would climb up on that butane tank and I would two-fist it. I would eat pears. They would, juice would be running down my arm and onto my clothes. And she'd be like, we're about to have supper. I go, I'm having it right now because I love those pears. They were amazing. But there would come a time where I couldn't reach the ones that were just around. I had to climb up in the tree and get them. I'd climb up into that tree like Zacchaeus, a big old Zacchaeus, climb the tree would bend over. I'm just like still trying to bend over. I'd be like, whoa, you know, but I didn't care. I was after those pears because I loved them so much. I want to tell you this morning, I want to tell you this afternoon that when you get to a place where you love the fact that there is low hanging fruit right now that is ripe for the picking. I'm telling you what, there's people all around you, people on your job, people in your neighborhood, people that you come in contact, people that tum thumb. I pray that you go into a grocery store, tum thumb it's my favorite. You go in the grocery store and you get somebody, that you get somebody saved, somebody healed, and they have to clean up the mess on aisle nine. They've got to clean up on aisle nine. Somebody that got healed, somebody got delivered, somebody got set free. I mean, I have done everything but grab the microphone uh, uh, and say, uh, calling all shoppers, calling all shoppers. I have your attention for the next, you know, I've done everything but that. <laughs> I don't want to go to jail, but the truth is, 
I want people to know Jesus. I want people to know who he is. Amen? I'm passionate about souls. I want you to be passionate about souls as well. He said he went to all the villages teaching the gospel message of the healing, healing every sickness and every disease among the people. But when he saw the multitudes, when he looked up his eyes, when he lifted up his eyes and he saw the multitudes, he was moved with compassion for them because they were weary and scattered like sheep having no shepherd. And he said to his disciples, the harvest is truly plentiful, plenty, plentiful, but the laborers are few. Therefore, pray to the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers into his harvest. Here's our first point this morning. I've had a bunch of points this morning, but here's one of them. I want you to see the labor. I want you to lift up your eyes. I'm asking you right now. Look, when he, Jesus lifted up his eyes, he saw people. He saw the multitudes, and he had a vision. He saw something. There was something in his view. He saw all the people scattered and didn't have a shepherd. I'll be honest with you. We, it's it's kind of like what's going on in, in, our, in our country right now. Scattered because of leadership. Scattered because of things that are going on. Scattered. Not only that, but in the church. The church right now can seem like it's scattered because we're, what do we preach about? We, we preach the word of God. That's what we preach. But people need to know the kingdom of God. They need to hear the message of the kingdom. How do they know unless they have a preacher? Preach the gospel everywhere to every creature and use words if necessary. Preach the gospel. Proclaim the gospel message of the kingdom. You can do it. You, all of you have a testimony. All of you have a way to be able to communicate with people. I'm, I'm, looking at, I'm looking at people right now who I know can reach the loss. We can make a difference. We can make a difference. I want you to say that with me. I can make a difference. That's right. You can. See the labor. There's a lot of work to be done. Would you agree? There's a ton of work to be done. I was talking with somebody the other day because they were talking about, you know, how do you eat an elephant? I'm like, you know what? I ain't in the, in the business of eating elephants. Uh, little Debbie snack cakes, I know how to do that. You open the box, you rip off the little plastic, and you just shove it in your mouth. I know how to eat that. But how do you eat an elephant? They go one bite at a time. I'm like, yeah, I mean, that, I mean you look at an elephant, you're like, how do you do that? Well, how do, you, how do you change a nation? How do you change a community? How do you change all of those things? It starts with a life. See the labor. There's work to be done. See it. That's point number one. Number two. He tells us to pray to the Lord of the harvest, right? He says, pray to the Lord of the harvest for laborers because the harvest is plentiful. The laborers are few. So we need to pray to the Lord to send laborers. That's, that's we pray. Lord, would you send people into the laborers? You know, when I was younger uh, and the pastor would, I, one of the reasons why I didn't want to get saved, I didn't want to get saved because I thought that I was going to have to go to Africa. I just thought for sure the Lord was going to call me to Africa. You know, and I remember saying it to my little brother. He goes, those are people. We need to go. i like, no, you can go. I'm going to stay here. I love America. <laughs> I love America. I love, I love being over here. I mean, I told him, I said, I don't look good in a skirt. I don't want to run around and be looking. I don't look good in a skirt. And so the truth is, I, I, I was saying it, but the truth, that God has not just called me. I'm talking about Africa. I'm talking about everywhere. He should go everywhere and preach to God. That's to the mailbox. That's to the neighbor to the left and to the right. And I'm, I'm wanting you to, to, to see the labor, to pray for laborers. And this is my third point. Be a laborer. That's incumbent upon all of you to be a laborer. Now, who, who is it that the Lord, I mean, I hope your radar goes up every morning. Who, who am I going to talk to today about Jesus? Who needs to hear the message? Of, who can I invite to church? Who am I going to invite so that they can, I mean, I'm just telling you, 
One of the things that I love, the fact, um, this, I mean, you guys probably don't know this, but this is how I got Vanessa. Vanessa, um, I met her on, a, I met her at school, but I went after her on an outreach, Cedar Springs, at CFNI. You had to do some kind of evangelism class, and I did Cedar Springs. And um, I, was, I was pursuing, I, I didn't go because I wanted to see people saved. I went because I was trying to get Vanessa's number. That's what I was trying to do. I was, you know, how you doing? And I pursued her. Um, uh, after first service, she goes, you didn't finish the story. I go, what are you talking about? She goes, remember, you, you, you asked me for my number, and I gave it to you, and then you, you, you asked me out, and I said no. I go, that's true. As Vanessa was the first girl that ever told me no when I asked her out. She goes, I'm, this, is what, this is her exact words. She goes, I'm flattered, but no thanks. That's what she said to me. Can you imagine saying that to somebody like me? Saying no to me. I never had a girl tell me no or that who didn't want to go out with me. Ever. I just thought everybody wanted to go out with me. And so I, I just like, what? What do you mean no? She goes, I'm flattered, but no thank you. And I just like, wow. And so you know what it made me do? Made me pursue her more. I was just like, you know what? I slide up next to her and be like, hey, how you doing? You know, everywhere she went, I went. I, you know, I'd call her on the phone. And she goes, I told And she thought I was after her roommate. I go, no, girl, I'm after you. I'm after you, girl. I'm pursuing you. And so I'd, I'd follow her wherever she'd go. I mean, that music would come on. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It'd be me, baby. You know what I'm saying? I mean, I try, I, my voice would get a little lower when I get her. I'd be like, hey, baby. You know what I'm saying? I had that Barry White thing working. You know what I'm talking about? You know Barry would come on. Barry would come on. Hey, baby. You know, all the girls would be like, ah, you know, whatever. Vanessa didn't do that when I did that. She didn't, she didn't, she didn't go, ah. She'd be like, get away from me. <laughs> you laughing, but I had the last laugh because I got her. And I'm telling you what, some of you need to pursue people for Jesus just like that. When they go, I don't need church. You'd be like, yes, you do. Yes, you do. I don't need Jesus. Oh, yes, you do. You know you need the Lord. Then we'd be like, I don't go to church. Hey, we're going to have church right here. Let me pray for you. I'm telling you, pursue people the way Jesus did. And no matter if they tell you no, no matter just say, hey, go. I just, I'm just saying, don't, 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 be, don't go to jail. But really pursue people to come out of darkness and into his marvelous light. Amen. Go after them. Go after them. I'm looking at some people that, can, that, that are good at picking souls, and I'm going to pray for you so that you are able to see people get saved. Amen?